Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey man, how's everybody doing, man? This your boy BJ Jones, man. We are here. We have made it. Week number three um, of the HBCU football season. I've um, had some interesting contests um, this weekend. Uh, we'll recap all of those. Uh, dive into a few of these uh, matchups, the winners, the losers. Um, I really get ready for week four. Uh, we got a big week. Uh, not only in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, but also over in the the, the, the MEAC. We'll talk about a couple of those games. Uh, a surprise team or two uh, that we've seen uh, so far here in the early going of the 2021 uh, season. Um, welcome uh, to Inside HBCU Football, the realest, trillest uh, place uh, for sports and guy talk, especially sports of the HBCU uh, variety. Uh, shout out to Doug Stewart for that realest trillest. My man, Doug Stewart of the Two Live Stews. Um, interesting weekend. Um, I think that we saw some some coulda, woulda, shouldas this weekend. We'll talk about those. Uh, we, we saw some opportunities for... Uh, a few FBS wins, not only in the SWAC, but over in the MEAC with South Carolina State, uh, with them going out west uh, to New Mexico State. Um, and I'm going to play therapist for just a little bit, you know, uh, so people will, will relax uh, just a little bit. We'll get into all of that uh, tonight. Um, our game of the week, well, my game of the week, the game that I had circled as the game of the week, actually happened on Thursday night. Um, Alabama A&M uh, going down to Daytona, Florida uh, to uh, play face off against Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman, their first game in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, first conference game, uh, starting a new uh, era, if you will. Um, and, then, and everything that happened on Thursday night, uh, we'll jump into that. Um, really excited. Don't let the eyes fool you. Tired, just got, uh, was traveling this weekend. Just got back in from uh, Dallas, Texas. Um, had a good time, but uh, don't let the eyes fool you. I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm charged up. You should be ready to char uh, should be charged up as well. Uh, if you're watching this, don't care how you're watching. Uh, Facebook group, uh, the Inside HBCU uh, page, uh, B uh, BCSN page. No matter how you're doing it. 
Uh, first of all, before we get started, I want to say I appreciate you. Uh, you could be anywhere in the world, uh, but you chose to be here with me, and I appreciate it. Uh, let's get it started. Uh, let's go uh, to game of the week. Uh, it was the first game um, of the week, Thursday night, Thursday nighter uh, on ESPN Family of Networks. So you had the Alabama A&M Bulldogs uh, visiting the Wildcats uh, of Bethune-Cookman. And the Bethune-Cookman, we, we saw them uh, week number one against UTEP, and uh, they lost that game by 10. I think that uh, people were impressed uh, with the way that Bethune-Cookman controlled the line of scrimmage against UTEP, uh, with UTEP being an FBS squad. Um, they had some opportunities to win that football game. Uh, and then you fast forward uh, to last week, or week before last week, too. Uh, they visit Central Florida. Uh, they actually did not play bad in that, in the, in that game. Uh, actually did some things well. Uh, and then coming into uh, Thursday, a lot of people picked Bethune-Cookman. Um, they thought that the physicality up front was going to be too much for Alabama A&M. Um, and how would A&M react? Remember, Alabama A&M had that close ball game week one against South Carolina State. Uh, they didn't play in week two. Uh, they were off. Uh, and, 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 you know, coming off that off week, uh, only having one game in the books, how would they uh, compete? Um against Bethune-Cookman. Uh, one thing I can say about this game, I, I think that the wild card in this ball game um, on either side of the football was Gary Quarles, uh, running back uh, from Alabama A&M. Uh, we talk about the pass game uh, in Alabama A&M with Keel Glass and that group of receivers, the outlaws, um, as they like to be called. Uh, but it was one Gary Qualls um, from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh, 27 carries uh, for 101 yards. Uh, and then it was a hidden yardage uh, that he was able to get um, during that particular ball game. Uh, Gary Quarles added three receptions for 46 yards. And it seemed like every reception that he had uh, was an impactful one. Um, you know, a young man that almost had 150 uh, total yards. Um, I thought that he was the S X factor uh, for Alabama A&M. Um, if you're Alabama A&M, you, you, you get by uh, 30 to 27. Um, I think if you're Bethune-Cookman, uh, this is another coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, there were four drop passes in that ball game um, that if they're caught, Bethune-Cookman uh, goes in to put points on the board. And, and those were the difference uh, between six points, three points, and no points. Um, I think from the quarterback position, I think Patrick from Bethune-Cookman um, missed some opportunities to scramble and get big yardage. Um, so, uh, Bethune-Cookman starts off 0-1 in conference play. Uh, Bethune-Cookman and Florida A&M, the two new members uh, to the South F uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference, are both 0-1 in conference play. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, but this is just the start of the season. And uh, Alabama A&M gets to start it off right. They, they will uh, go to Mobile this weekend and play uh, Tuskegee. Uh, and if we saw anything in that North Carolina Central Winston-Salem State ball game, don't take the Golden Tigers lightly. Um, I think that uh, NC Central may have done that this weekend and ended up in a dog fight. Um, I'm joined today by my man A.D. Drew. Uh, speaking of Tuskegee, he's in the building. Uh, what's going on, Drew? What's going on, BJ? 
Oh man, I can't I can't call it, man. We're going over the game of the week. Uh, for week number yeah, three, I, I, Alabama I've been A&M watching the whole time. Boom, cook. Yeah, yeah, man. So how, 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 what was your thoughts on that ball game? The Bethune uh, A&M game? Yeah. I don't know what it is about A&M, BJ. They will find a way through these two games that we've seen this year. And even going back to 2019 to let a team – stay in the ball game and to hang around. So thus far it has not hurt them, but sooner or later it is going to hurt them where a team is going to take advantage, be able to take complete advantage of those opportunities that Alabama A&M leaves, leaves open to the door. Seems like Alabama A&M does not, put their knee on somebody's throat when they have the opportunity, but instead gets up, lets them breathe, and, to, and you get hit with another gut punch if you're an Alabama A&M Bulldog. But they've got just enough to continue to win. And once again, they were able to outscore somebody. Defense. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. Uh, going back to what you said, Alabama A&M, the way that they played, I'm going to give you some numbers. Um, one team outgained the other team 366 to 358. Uh, in the past game, uh, it was uh, 234 to 221. In the run game, it was 145 to 124. This is the biggest difference. Penalty yardage, 11 penalties for 91 yards, 14 penalties for 144 yards. And here's another big difference. Turnovers, 3-1. to one. Bethune-Cookman outgained Alabama A&M on the ground. They averaged uh, five and a half yards to carry. Put 221 up in the air. Uh, put 366 total yards on Alabama A&M. But the difference was those penalties, 144 yards and penalties, and three turnovers. Yeah. And you got those three turnovers, BJ. But that was a couple of times that the ball was put on the ground that the offense recovered for both teams. Yeah. And like I tell everybody, yeah. The only turnovers you the only time you see fumbles on the stat sheet is actually when the defense recovers the ball. The offense gets the ball back, it doesn't go on the stat sheet, but it's a, it's a concern. Now, if that game Thursday night is on a dry track instead of a wet track like it was, does Bethune have enough to beat the Alabama A and M? Something you have to question. Yeah, and, and I think you know one of the, the the biggest questions coming to the ball game was how would Alabama A and M up front deal with the physicality of Bethune Cookman. Uh, and I thought that Alabama A&M's offensive line held up well at times. Um, I thought that Akil Glass did a great job of avoiding pressure. Um, I thought that they did a good job at times um, with 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 that uh, defensive front. Um, yeah. But on the defensive line, I felt like Bethune Cookman had their way with Alabama A&M, especially in the run game. Yeah. Um, you know when. Bethune Cookman was determined that they were going to run the ball. Alabama and them couldn't stop them. 
you know, could not stop them. But I will say this. One thing about the Alabama A&M defense, two games, two game-winning interceptions. Yes. When it matters, they shut that door. When it matters, they will shut that door closed. Uh, my question is, can you sustain that type of play, being but don't break, um, living on the edge for an entire season? Let's look at some of these powerhouse offensive teams that you have in the SWAT or maybe lack of powerhouse offensive teams. Haven't seen Alcorn put up any tremendous points this year, this year. And and I'm going off the top of my head as I go around. Southern has been inconsistent offensively thus far this year. Alabama State hasn't done anything offensively thus far this year. FAMU hasn't done anything offensively thus far this year. This may have been their biggest test on on the east side. Jackson State. We had they had the breakout game against Tennessee State. You you take that you take that game away, one touchdown to each of the other two games versus uh Florida AM and UL, UL Monroe. So Jackson State hasn't shown the consistency offensively. And who who am I leaving out? Uh Valley is Valley. So on the east side, they may be all right when they cross over and see possibly a prayer view. Is uh JPB on their schedule this year? Yes. Yes. Okay. That that that's another team who can score with Alabama AM. So it's gonna have it's gonna take a team that can score with Alabama AM. But right now, two games in to the season, I don't think anybody on the East can put up enough points to scare that defense. It's gonna be when they cross over that Alabama A&M is going to get that test during the regular season. I remember. I'll say one other thing speaking about Alabama A&M. Have defenses started to figure out a queer glass? Because have you noticed his completion percentage has dropped over the last the spring season and two games into this season compared to 2019 and 2018? Just something, just something to throw out there. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't think about that angle. Yeah. Just a little bit. Figure them out just enough to be able to slow to slow them down just a little bit. And I know it's about three weeks away, but I am really intrigued about AM and Jackson State. That Jackson State defense has only given up one touchdown through three games, and that was on a Hail Mary at the end of the Tennessee State game. Five, what, two field goals to FAMU, three field mm-hmm. goals to Tennessee State, four field goals uh, last night. So you talk about a bend but don't break. That's another bend but don't break defense. And that defense doesn't bend as much as the Alabama A&M defense has. Yeah, and I, you know what? I think with kill Glass, I think one of the biggest things uh, for him really on Thursday was that, you know, conditions. I, I, I think he's still impactful. I think what he has now, um, he had it with Jordan Bentley. People forget about that. Jordan Bentley was one of the leading rushers in the conference. Um, 
uh, two years ago, um, 2019, Gary Qualls coming out of the backfield. He can catch it. Uh, he can run it. Not a big guy. Reminds me a lot of uh, 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 Hilaire that came out of uh, LSU that plays for Kansas City now. He's in that same mode where he can catch it uh, and, and, and he can run it. Uh, and I think that, to me, I think he's been the biggest X factor. And with Alabama a man, they can spread the ball around so much. Um, Kendrick Johnson didn't get that much involved on Thursday. Uh, but he's one of the better tight ends in the conference. I think they just have so many weapons. I think the key to beating Alabama a is going to start right up front. If you can get pressure on the keel glass, make the receivers on the outside kind of uh, irrelevant because you're beating them up front. I think that's going to be the way to 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 do them. I, I think if if you're not able to get to him and disrupt them, there's just too much talent. It's it's too much, um, too much on that offensive side of football. I, I agree. I'm, I'm I'm still waiting for that homecoming matchup though between those two in uh, Jackson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In Jackson, Mississippi, it's 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 going to be the we're going to see. One or two things is we're going to see how good this Jackson State team is, or we're going to see, yeah, Aquila Glass is definitely a draft pick and probably a day two draft pick based upon that game. Now, I will tell you this that game is in Huntsville, Alabama, and that's Alabama AM's homecoming. Oh, I'm sorry. I, do, I had that backwards. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're correct. That's right. They went to uh, Jackson Alabama last A&M's year. homecoming. Yeah. So look, Alabama AM. Uh, the, the month of October. I think they're going to handle business against Tuskegee. Um, they should, relatively easy. Uh, but that month of October, Jackson State, FAMU, Alabama State, yeah, that that's going to set them up or set, or set them back. Yes, definitely. Um, and, 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 and that's what I'm really, really looking for. Uh, we talk about Alabama and them moving forward. I totally agree with you there, BJ. I totally agree with you uh, with, with the with the Alabama A and M team. Yeah, I mean, moving on um, along uh, other games that we had in week two, uh, Grambling, Grambling State. Talk about offensive uh, you know, offenses. Well, offensive offenses offense. Yeah, Grambling State. Another weekend, another shutout. Uh, Forty-five nothing uh, to Houston. Um, just like Jackson you know, State, we, we, oh, I was gonna say just like Jackson State, defense has only given up one touchdown on the entire season. Grambling State's offense mm-hmm. is the exact opposite, only scoring one touchdown on the entire well, season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 this is the thing that that jumped out of me about this Houston and and, and Grambling State uh, contest. Grambling State three. First downs. Three first downs. In an entire football game, three first downs. 102 yards of total offense, barely got over the century mark. Uh, And when you look at that offense against Houston, against Southern Miss, even against Tennessee State, from for all the talk that we heard um, 
about, you know, this offense is going to be explosive. They're going to be able to do this. They're going to be able to do that. Uh, <laughs> yikes. I mean, we, we're talking about opposite ends of the spectrum uh, from offense standpoint from Alabama A&M to Grambling State. Uh, that defense from Grambling State has to be spectacular. For them to stay in a ball game, that that defense from Grambling State has to be spectacular. If they have an off series or two with the way that that offense has been playing so far this season, ball game is over. And that's what scares me. If I'm a Grambling State fan going to, going into Dallas this weekend to face off against Prairie View. Because Prairie View can score. Prairie View can score. They might not be the best at stopping people from scoring, uh, but but they can score. And it's going to be interesting to see how that ball game plays out because I'm not – I don't know how the Grambling faithful would handle four straight losses to Prairie View. Well, I'm not sure. Call, call some of your friends on Sunday because you're going you're gonna to have to find out on Sunday. Because there's no way that <laughs> I have Grambling going into Dallas to be to be Prairie View, and, and quiet as a kept Prairie View with the win over Grambling will have a two game lead over everyone on, on the west side of the SWAT. Considering they uh, they wouldn't be the only one who has played two teams, Texas Southern, who they beat, and then Grambling. This would be their opening game, so they would be, could have a comfortable lead. In, in the swag. But yes, we Prairie View, we know we have seen this before where you guys have gotten off to good starts. And I've said this before. We said the same thing about UAPB for the last five years where they get off to a good start and then fade out in the past. But this spring, they were able to put it together and hold on to that big lead. So maybe this is an opportunity for Prairie View to be the UAPB of the spring and get off to a good start yeah. and, hold, and hold that lead. Do you realize, uh, A.D. Drew, uh, Gremlins played two quarterbacks. Uh, yesterday was, was Alden Clark. Uh, uh, you you saw in the uh, Tennessee State game, um, as well as the game at, uh, against Southern Miss, uh, you saw them going with Elijah Walker. You realize that a Grambling quarterback has not cracked the 50% completion rate yet this season. And you're giving them a chance, Saturday, right? Oh, I think when it's a rivalry game, anything can happen. I, I think they have a chance, yes. Now, Okay, let me, let me change that. Do you give them a realistic chance? <laughs> I give them a puncher's chance. Okay. You know, a, a Buster, Buster Douglas, Douglas against Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson did it. Yeah. Yes. But do you realize in today's game of football, you don't have a quarterback that has cracked a 50% completion percentage. Last night, Alden Alden Clark, uh, I think he went he went five of twelve for 49 yards. Five of twelve for 49 yards. That's an average of 4.1 yards per completion. Then you say, okay, well, maybe they had the running game that would help get it done. Nope. 34 carries, 53 yards, 1.6 yards per carry. 
That's as a team. As a team. Wow. But you said they they barely cracked 100 yards of offense total. So yeah. those numbers make sense. But what what is the problem with the G-Man? How, how does a team that's been as good as Grambling has been, and Grambling has always been that team for the last four or five years in the SWAC, they get that starts off because of their schedule. They go, they play the check games and everything. They start off zero and three, zero and four, but then at the end of October, you look up and they're one game out in the West. What has happened to that team? I think it all starts on up front. Their offensive line, their offensive line play has not been good for years. Um, even Devontae Kincaid's last year. That offensive line was not great. Devontae Kincaid's athleticism got them out of a lot. His ability to be able to escape the pocket, uh, turn what would have been a sack into a 7, 8, 10, 12, 13-plus yard gain, that offensive line has, has not – offensive line play has been bad and, and has trended downward. They've had some talent. On the offensive line, there, there were NFL players on that. Those offensive lines that we said were bad, NFL players were on that off on those offensive lines. But as a whole, that offensive line has, has not been good this year. No exception. Your best total, your your best yardage production was against Tennessee State. That was 184 yards total. Yeah, it it starts up front. And you can play the revolving chairs game at quarterback. Doesn't mean anything if you can't keep them from running that, running for their lives, keep them upright, and establish some kind of run game. So basically, they're, what you're saying, you, running, I'm saying yeah. basically what you're saying when your best when your best run is to run to get back to the line of scrimmage, your team is not doing good. Yeah, yeah, their their uh, their best running. Rushing output so far this season uh, has been from Elijah Walker, week one against Tennessee State. And Grambling has some talented backs. Uh, Keelan Elder is, is down for the year. I think uh, I, I like him. But they have some talented some talented backs. They have some talented receivers. Mean Means nothing if you cannot protect the quarterback and – Going into this game against Prairie View with that defensive line with Dumas and those guys that Prairie View have have up front, it could be a long day in Dallas for the G men. Someone just put in the chat: when you say punches chance, you say Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas, or Mike Tyson, Leon Spinks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait. Now I give it to you. Who was that George Foreman beat uh, when he was like forty-seven years old? Oh yeah, man. Oh man. You know, just that one, just that yeah. one punch. One punch. Yes. But uh, yeah, Grambling. Um, we we'll talk about that game. Well, we, we'll talk about it now. Grambling and Prairie View. If someone said, "Hey, Drew, give me a." Uh, Give me a score for that game next week at the Cotton Bowl. What's your score? 
I got Prairie View will get somewhere in the 30s. I, I'm going to say something like 34-9. I think it's going to be a Oof. blowout. I think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, you know, they, they, maybe 10. You know, they Grambling won't get more than one. T- I'm, I get Grambling a touchdown and two field goals. So that's 34-13. You got a comment from Dwight Moore. Dwight Moore said, who's uh, quarterbacking for the G-man? Has a kid from New York played? No. Um, that young man has not played um, yet. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if you want him to play behind this offensive line. I think a lot of times when our offensive struggle, people automatically think quarterback play. Uh, but it doesn't matter who's the quarterback if you can't keep them upright. And you can't how much of it is quarterback them. play and how much of it is scheme, though? You, you may – you may be running the wrong scheme for the talent or the quarterback that you have because you know how you play you play ball. I coach. Sometimes we as coaches get so bullheaded as this play has worked for me in the past. This system has worked for me in the past. I'm going to run my plays because I know they work. Not realizing you have every year you have a different set of players what trying to run those run those plays and your skill set may be good but it may not be good or shine in my system i got another one for you drew you said scheme and quarterback play how about scheme and offensive line Zone i know blocking, the biggest thing that people like I know the biggest thing that people like to do now is that people want to they want to spread they want to go into the shotgun but if you don't have those type of offensive linemen, those athletic offensive linemen who are athletic enough to, to drop back and, you know, pass block uh, to do those things, I've seen people with offensive linemen that are better equipped to lean on people, to just pound people and, and, and run the football, transition to a four or five wide and wonder why it doesn't work. Like, you know, when they say everything starts up front, Everything starts up front, and sometimes people out scheme, uh, will out scheme the, the the talent that they have. Um, you know, so that you know, people like to stop it at the quarterback. You know, a lot of people follow the ball. Uh, you coached it. I've played and coached. I look at the entire play. I look at the development of the play from the 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 line of scrimmage out. Um, that's why when I'm at games, people throw the ball, boy, throw the ball. Well, they got to set his feet to throw. (laughs) Got to set his feet to throw. So is it, so who do we blame here? Do we blame the head coach, the OC, the offensive line coach? Somebody, somebody, and all of them are to blame at some level. But who do we give that 50% plus one vote to? Or is it somebody uh, the, else? The one, well, the one, con, the one consistent over all of this has been the head coach because, you know, the head coach cleaned house. Got a new offensive line coach came in from, from um, UL Lafayette. Got a new offense coordinator that came in from, um, I think, from California uh, that was able to do some things uh, well at the collegiate level. He's known for having explosive offenses. Uh, the head coach cleaned clean house. This is almost an entirely new staff. Almost entirely new staff, especially on the offensive side of the football. 
Um, but I don't know. I mean, the, the biggest thing is if, if you if you're a, a tiger, if you're a, a G man, relax. You haven't played the conference game yet. Um, there's room for improvement. Grambling has shown over the years that they will improve. Um, and it's almost a wait and see. Now, I'm saying that on a Sunday, the week heading to the State Fair Classic. Now, if things go awry on Saturday, it's going to be, whew, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Since we're talking about this, we got two coaches in Dallas potentially may have a president. Well, one may have a president waiting on him when he gets off the airplane or off the bus, excuse me. The other one maybe have the president waiting for him when he rides the bus back across back to uh, Houston. Which one is more likely to have that meeting with the president Monday morning with the loss? If they lose that game, which of those two coaches you think may be down in the president's office Monday morning? Broderick Fobbs. Because this this, this this will be four straight losses to Prairie View. Um, and it's not the fact that you're losing the Prairie View. It's, about, it's the fact that who's leading Prairie View. The offense coordinator that you had that the last time that you won the conference title. The offense coordinator that you had when you won the Celebration Bowl title. And when you look at where the program was, Dooley as offensive coordinator, Dooley not there, it's night and day. Nine day. The Grambling has not won what we call the trophy games. Bayou Classic. State Fair Classic. SWAT Championship game. Haven't had won trophy games since Roger Fobbs. I mean, I'm sorry, since uh, Eric Dooley has left. The only trophy game that they won was, was th- this year, Tennessee State. Uh, and they beat Jackson State in the uh, uh, what was it 2019? Uh, they beat Jackson State in the the classic there in 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 Jackson. Um, but the big ones, no trophies. I think that if you lose on Saturday, I think that I don't think a conversation's had, but I think a lot of people are mad enough that they want the conversation had. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. What uh what about what's going on on the reservation? Well, I will say this before we dive into what happened what's going on on the reservation. Shout out to Alcorn State. Um, no one gave Alcorn any chance to go to South Alabama and, and, and do what they did. Uh and that South Alabama, especially after South Alabama did what they did to Southern Mississippi. Uh, they 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 put them hands on Southern Miss, um, and a lot of people thought that you know Alcorn would go down and and they would be the the, the sacrificial lamb on top of everything that that happened uh, this week. Uh, USA Today, Fox News, everything, everybody was on this story. Alcorn should have won a football game. That was a controversial call that saved South Alabama, that bailed them out. Alcorn had that, had that ball game won. So shout out to Alcorn, uh, Coach Fred McNair, 
you see what he's able to do. Um, even when they have nothing, he, he makes up for it. So shout out to the Braves. Um, they don't look like they're going anywhere. Uh, I know a lot of people after that North Carolina Central game, they kind of just rolled off, you know, all corn. We don't have to worry about them. Well, you're wrong. Braves are here. Not going anywhere. Um, so shout out to Alcorn State, 28-21. Tough loss. Um, very impressed with that football team. Uh, what they were able to do, not only offensively, but defensively. Uh, they pushed South Alabama around yesterday. Uh, they, they, pushed, they pushed South Alabama around uh, on yesterday. Uh, so impressive, impressive. Now for the bad, <laughs> it is a shame what's happening at Alcorn State University. All right, it is a shame what's going on there because at the end of the day, the kids lose when the egos and everything are put to put aside when they're when they're Put to bed. It, are, it is the kids that lose. It is the kids that are cheated out of experiences that they should have being collegiate athletes. It's the kids that are being cheated out of this. And this is one of the things that irks me when we have these issues at the HBCU level. Everybody has these issues. You know, I, we, we, we just don't hide ours well. All right? And we can't hide our hours, right? But when these things happen, it's the kids that are cheated. It's the kids that suffer. And I think the situation at Alcorn has gotten so bad that somebody has to go. It will either be the athletic director or it's going to be the head coach. But this marriage is so tainted and so bad, they both can't stay. You think both of them may leave? I think it'll be one or the other. I think if one leaves, the other one to be so excited that, that the other one's gone, uh, that they'll stay. I think personally, I think that Steve, uh, I think that Fred McNair is royalty. That McNair family is royalty. And I think it's a, way, it's a certain way that you treat royalty there are certain people their names are synonymous with their hbcu all right the mcnair's all corn state payton's um, at, at jackson state yeah the payton's at jackson state you know what i mean uh there's a certain there's a certain way that you just this is unfair to fred mcnair it's unfair to his football team. It's unfair to that program. It's unfair to all those student athletes. All of them. Yes. And if you look at Alcorn's athletic program, I'm talking about all sports. Outside of football, who's winning? Outside of football, who's winning? You got one thing and you're about to mess that up. You, you about to mess that up. All right. It ain't like the basketball team. No disrespect to them is out here cutting down no nets. 
Got a new like women's the, coach. The, the, got a new women's coach. All right, got a new women's coach. We'll see what happens there. Actually, didn't they clean house but on both sides? Yeah, they did. Yeah. I think that, you know, the basketball team has been, has been close. Softball. Thank you, Edgar. Softball's been 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 okay. They they win no titles like football, but they've been okay. You got what do you got? This one thing going in this small rural Mississippi school, and ego was about to choke it out and kill it. And the ego is about to choke it out and kill it on one of your own. On one of your own. Fred McNair didn't come from Michigan. Fred McNair didn't come from California. He wasn't a Southern Miss guy that had to go to Alcorn for opportunity. He is the original Air McNair. He is the original Air McNair. <laughs> My heart goes out to the people at Alcorn. My heart goes out to the people at Alcorn. I got friends that are alumnus, uh, cousins that are alumnus, one that's still in school there right now. Uh, shout out to L'Oreal, uh, L'Oreal Childress. Um, but yeah, they, um, I just, I, they are frustrated and they have every right to be frustrated. Um, Mallet said, my boy Jay Mallet, what's up, man? He said the ADs go leave and everybody better watch out. <laughs> man, we, we'll see. We'll see how this thing plays out. But I don't think I don't think it's, it's to the point where both of them can't stay. How you feel about that one, man? Oh me? Yeah. Like you said, somebody has got to go and i'm surprised there hasn't been some type of investigations or something like that especially when it comes to this when to this training thing i'm surprised that it hasn't triggered some type of title nine violation or that let's be real people are petty i know somewhere somebody has sent a message to Indianapolis saying it's stink down here. This stuff ain't right. Y'all need to come, y'all need to come look. So I'm just surprised it hasn't gotten out, out further because some of these stories that I've been hearing over the last year or so about Alcorn, they're not new. And, you know, you're, you're in a circle. I'm, I'm in a circle. We hear things from people that we, we dare better not repeat. Because if we repeat mm -hmm. it, they'll figure out who, who told us what. But yeah. this, is not, th this, was, this was not a surprise to me. It was a surprise that it got out. But when the head coach is the one who puts it out, what 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 boy can you say? It wasn't like that was a whistleblower. He blew the whistle on his own program. And when you when you blow the whistle like that on your own program, excuse my language, you tired of that shit. It's just yep. that simple. You just can't deal with it no more. And and, and, and 
Go Frank ahead. McNair was a man that was fed up the other night. Um, he was a man that was fed up the other night. And you could see the frustration on, on his face. Fred McNair is usually easygoing. Um, one of the, the best, um, not really interviews, but if you just sit back and just talk to a coach, I probably had the most fun just sitting back and just talking to Fred McNair. Because um, I remember we just sat back one time and talked five, ten minutes and didn't talk didn't talk anything about football. Um, he's just one of those guys. For him to be to that point, and remember, he's an Alcorn guy. Played football at Alcorn. Graduated from Alcorn. When he gets to that point, where he puts the family business out there, he's past pissed off. He ain't passed. He passed pissed off miles ago. And, yeah. and we've talked about it before. It's going to come down to the alumni, the boosters, and all those who care about Alcorn putting pressure on the president to solve this problem or whatever whatever board that whatever the board structure is in the state of Mississippi. I don't know if they call them a board of trustees or whatever they call them, board of regions or whatever. But there's got, there's got to be outside pressure to those decision makers to get in and to clean this mess up because you're making us look bad. And if Alcorn does not win this whack West, or at least in contention on the last week of the season to win the Swag West, you're going to hear some a lot of outside pressure in there is like, this can't be. Because like you said, this is the one thing that we have that's going good. They say all press is good press, but there's a limit to that. And Alcorn is stretching that limit right now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and this is the thing about it is you said that the IHL is is what governs higher miss I mean higher education in the, in the state of Mississippi. Okay, this is the problem. Your AD is golfing buddies, is cronies with a lot of those people. Those relationships that he has, graduate of Ole Miss, play basketball at Ole Miss politically connected that's the problem because the people that you got to go tell on them to are his buddies <laughs> the reason he got the job he was suggested for the job in the first place that uh, man that's rough down now man that's rough so my heart goes even, out to all corners i was gonna even so my it's gonna get to a point where they can't even defend you anymore. Yeah. And yes, my heart yeah. goes out and, to him. And, also, this is, BJ. And, this, and this is the thing about Alcorn. They keep chugging along. We talk about Thursday night matchups. Alabama A&M, Bethune-Cookman on last week. This week, AD Drew, we got another big Thursday night. Alcorn State going on the road. All right, going on the road, Arkansas Pine Bluff, 
the Western Division champions from the spring, the six-time Eastern Division champion. We're talking about between these two, seven division titles in the last, what, seven seasons? Yes. Hey, that was football on Thursday. Alcorn State visiting Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff on yesterday. They went to uh, play Central Arkansas. Um, solid uh, program uh, that was in the Southland, left and went to the A-Sun. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff couldn't get it done. They lost their game 45-23. to uh, Central Arkansas gets the, picks up their first win of the year. Arkansas Pine Bluff at that point, uh, A.D. Drew cut that lead down uh, to 31-23. Uh, end of the third quarter. Uh, remember, uh, they were down 31-9 at one point. Um, cut that lead down to 31-23, and then Central Arkansas pulled, pulled away. Um, but Arkansas Pine Bluff, they talked about being disrespected, winning the West uh, during the spring season. They were predicted to finish, what, fourth in the West in the, in the fall when we went out to media day? Uh, check, check that that was five. Five, okay, which was worse. All right. They feel disrespected. They feel disrespected. As well as they should. Alcorn, yeah. Alcorn feels a little bit disrespected. All right. We 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 lost the belt, but we didn't lose the belt. You know, you the man, but you didn't beat the man. I understand where Alcorn's coming from. I think you got two football teams. Western Division title, I mean Western Division matchup. I think that We'll see a heck of a football game up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas uh, on Thursday night. And, and, and let me get this message out. Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, Thursday night, especially your students. Thursday night, you got the, the, the favorite in the Western Division coming to your house on the Thursday night. If you are local, you should be at that ball game. There's no reason not to pack that place out and have that to be an exciting display of football on Thursday night. If you're a student in Arkansas Pine Bluff, no reason for you not to be uh, in the stadium on Thursday night. All right? No reason. So, like I said, looking forward to that ball game, Felix Harper, um, and that Alcorn offense, that Alcorn defense um, as well. Going up against Skylar Perry and some of the weapons they have offensively, Jalen Thigpen uh, on on uh, the defensive side of the ball for Arkansas Pine Bluff. I think it's – I'm, I'm looking forward to that one, man. I'm looking forward to that one. I, I'm going to go back and watch uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, in central Arkansas. Uh, I watch uh, um, Alcorn in South Alabama a little bit um, last night. Um, if I had a lean right now, I would lean the Braves. Um, I think Alcorn uh, will win that ball game, but I'm gonna go back on them and watch uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff to, to see if, 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 if am I missing something. Um, so I'll I'll get a score prediction out there uh, sometime uh, this week, but I'm looking forward to that one. That's my game. Yeah, of the week. I, I, I... Uh, it's definitely one of the games of the week, uh, probably the game of the week when it comes to the the Division One 
teams teams that we have, you know. The only other game that you may have that could compare it, and I know we we on SWAC right now, will be Central and A and T over uh, you know Big South versus Miac. With that being a rivalry game, you know that those are the top two games of the week. With that uh, Central A and T game being six o'clock Saturday in Greensboro. So, but get getting getting back to your game. Alcorn feels like, since we've been using boxing analogies all night thus far, feels like Muhammad Ali. When Muhammad Ali got stripped of his ti- of his title back in the 60s because he refused to go to Vietnam, so he was no longer champion and had to fight to get his championship back and thought he was going to be fighting Joe Frazier for the championship, but obviously Frazier lost it the uh, – the fight beforehand, so that's kind of kind of what it feels like. Ali being stripped and Ali having to go back and regain his championship—that's how Alcorn feels right now. But it, mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough road. I really do think, and I'm I'm torn on this game just like you are. I think UAPB may be in a little bit better position, especially with Alcorn traveling on a short week to to Central Arkansas to uh, play the game. So to, I really think UAPB should have the advantage in this particular game, but this is all corn we're talking about. McNair has his teams prepared, and if this week didn't show you anything, how Fred McNair has his team prepared despite obstacles and focus, then, not, then you just won't believe in all, in all corn for anything. Yeah. I mean, I like Alcorn, um, and and for the I mean, I think that they have come together. The mistakes that they made in Week One against uh, Central, they haven't made moving forward. Uh, Felix Harper protects the football, big key. Um, that defense, the light has come on. Uh, I, 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 Alcorn was my prediction to win the Western Division title. Uh, people ask me after week one, did I want to change that? And I said, hey, man, this is uh, this ch- this is ch- uh, chess. It ain't checkers. Uh, let it all play out. But I think Alcorn looks, is sitting pretty. I like Alcorn to win. If I had to just give you a score right now, uh, I would probably say Alcorn maybe 24-13. Um, but um, it's going it's, it's to be interesting. And, and I think for Arkansas Pine Bluff, you need this one. Because people expect Arkansas Pine Bluff as a program – uh, to do what they do, uh, they go up here, come down here, go up here, and come down here. Uh, I think Doc Gamble is, is is working to try to keep that that program uh, from bottoming out. Uh, you know, going high and bottoming out like we, like we've seen in the past. And I think it, for Arkansas Pine Bluff, this is one of the games that you need to make a statement. Uh, this is a, this is this is this is a football game that you need to make um, a statement. Um, so. Uh, we, we, we'll see. I, I thought that they had an opportunity with, with Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas is not nearly as strong as the, a program that we've seen in the past. Um, they're still pretty well coached. Um, the Bears aren't as good as we've seen in the past. I thought that that, that was an opportunity. Um, but they have an opportunity to make a, a statement in, in conference with Arkansas with uh, Alcorn coming into Arkansas Pine Bluff to make a statement. So we'll see. We'll season. 
We'll see. If you ask me for a score right now, five days out from the game, 27-17, Pine Bluff. You like Pine Bluff? I like Pine Bluff. No. Yeah, we we, 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 we five days out. I, I, I might change it, but we five days out. I like Pine Bluff right now. There you go. I like Alcorn. I like Alcorn. Um, I, I say 24-13. I don't, you know, I don't, um, yeah, I like Alcorn. I haven't determined really about how, by how much or how little, but I like Alcorn to get this one done. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. What, what do you yeah, think so, about uh, Central and a <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to ask what you think about Central and uh-huh. A&T. You know what? Prior to this weekend, I said, you know, I thought that this could be probably be a good game, but I think we saw Central really. Um, I think they were looking ahead and almost got bit by West Salem State. I like North Carolina A&T to win it. Uh, North Carolina A&T has pounded Central uh, the, these last couple of meetings. It hadn't been competitive at all. Um, I, I, I think that. This game coming up on Saturday, I like A&T to win it. Um, and I think it will probably be a, you know, 14, 14 plus points. How you feeling about that haven't, one? Haven't really had a chance to break that one down. You know, Central, get an opportunity to, quote, unquote, win the state. You know, represent the old MIAC. That game means probably more to Central than it does to A&T for pride. So, uh, and yes, they did They did get caught looking ahead. I mean, they playing little Division II Winston-Salem. You know, they wasn't really worried about that. We we got this game next week. Almost bit them in the ass. So, yep. but has, has A&T taken too much of a pounding in these first couple of non-conference games? You know, the bye week w- – Helps A and T. Let's let's them get healthy, but you know that that that's the one question I have for A and T. Does A and T even still have A and T? Doesn't appear to have that swagger that they've had for the past three four years. The way not on it's not that they've lost these couple of games. The way they've lost these first couple of games this year. Will they get that swagger back against Central? Yes, we know it's a rivalry game, so you you gonna get up for that. But even still, A and T used to go into games with a different swag. We are A and T, Aggie pride. We cannot be beat. Well, they they've not only been beat this year, but they've been beat. I won't say bad, but they haven't been, they haven't been beaten like this in the, in in the last in the last few years. Do they still have that swag? I think they do. I think, you know, with, with, with A&T, I think, you know, the Furman game is a disappointing loss. No way around that one. I think um, they played Duke extremely well. Um, so, you know, no, no, you know, I, I, I give them a lot of credit for the way they competed against Duke. I think this North Carolina Central game is, is we'll, we'll know on Saturday. And I don't think we will know until then. Uh, what North Carolina and A&T is. I know they came in with, 
you know, predicted to finish third in the in the Big South, uh, behind uh, Monmouth and uh, Kennesaw State. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But they better not sleep on Central. Look, better not sleep on Central. Um, I, I think that Central has some playmakers um, to get it done. I'm looking forward to watching that ball game. Uh, but I like I said, I think I like I think A and T gets it done by 14, by 14, um, by 14 points. I want to see if, if uh, Richard plays because I noticed he only played like uh, only had like one pass attempt in this game against Winston Salem. Don't know if that was due to injury or something else, but I, if he does not play, yes, this is A T's game to to lose, as they say. A&T should win this game if he does not play. He will make the game competitive for Central. Yeah. And 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 it was good to see those two back on the field together. Winston, Winston Salem State, North Carolina Central, first time in a decade. Um, I think that was the, what, the 45th meeting uh, between the two. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's the first time since school. Central went up. I think it's the first time um, since Central entered the B Act that they've played. If not, it's got to be the second time. Yeah, the second 20, time. Yeah, 20, like, yeah, that, yeah, 20, uh, 2011 was the last time that they played. Yeah. So that's about right. Um, I, I personally think they should all, all play each other Central, uh, A&T, and, and, and Winston Salem State. Uh, you know, went to a game up there a few years ago. It's amazing how close those schools are. Um, and how much the fan bases interact and intermingle with each other. Um, so, yeah, this week, the Aggie Eagle Classic or, you know, Eagle Aggie Classic, depending on you know which side that you're on, um, it's back. And uh, if you're an Eagle, you want to get some revenge uh, from these last few years because it's been tail feathers everywhere. I mean, it's been tail feathers everywhere. Um, so uh, we'll see. That that game um, is actually this weekend, 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. So if you can tune in to that, uh, North Carolina Central visiting North Carolina A&T, 6 p.m. Uh, on ESPN+. Uh, Plus. And the Southwest Athletic Conference, um, last night uh, we talked about Alcorn. We talked about Grambling. Prairie View. We talked about that matchup with Grambling, but Prairie View getting a win over Houston Baptist, 37-27. I was shocked to see that game so close at one point. They were going tit for tat uh, for a minute there. Prairie View finally pulls it off, 37-27. That sets up the matchup with Grambling State. We talked about that. Florida uh, A&M, 38, uh, loses 38-17 against South Florida. A lot of people thought that FAMU would have a legitimate shot against South Florida. Uh, that wasn't the case. Um, South Florida gets that win. Stephen F. Austin was just all over Mississippi Valley, 58-13. Uh, to 13. Uh, Man, I feel bad for the Delta Devils and Coach Dancy. Um, two games that I really want to talk about. Jackson State going to Monroe, Louisiana. Taking on FBS La Monroe. Um, that game, 12 to 7, La Monroe pulls it off. Um, 
Jackson State has some opportunities to win that football game. Uh, Can't win a game with four turnovers. You cannot. You cannot. They outgained La Monroe 258, I mean 285 to 250. Beat them in the past game, 259 to 156. Jackson State cannot run the football. Cannot run the football. 26 care, I mean 26 uh rushing yards. Only averaging 1.5 yards per carry. La Monroe ran the ball for 94 yards or 41 carries. Three turnovers to zero turnovers. There should be a difference. There should and despite be all that, they were still in the ball game. Still in the ball game. But Jackson State only had six they had 16 first downs. La Monroe had 17. Um this is a weird game, man. It was a weird game. I, I mean, I was waiting for Jackson State to find, you know, to blow it open. It just never happened. Uh, but Jackson State, that defense, the dark side might be back. Um, you know, the dark side defense is is is, is what they they call themselves. They're, they're back now. This is the dark side. You 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 can call this group the dark side. No, some of those other groups in the past, no, you no, you just play that's that's just Jackson State's defense. But but this is the dark side right here. And I think that defensively, I like what they're able to do going into SWAC play with this defense humming the way that they are. Um they, they got some dudes over there. Um they, they they got some dudes over there. They got Delta State this weekend, division two opponent. Don't sleep on them. Delta State ain't the Delta State of the other past. This is not the the states. This ain't your daddy's statesman. Um, this, this different Delta State. Um, I think they should be able to handle Delta State um, with no problems. Um, I think you know they have to protect themselves from playing down to another team's level. Um, but I, I think after that, the, the football games are going to start for Jackson State, and we'll see exactly what. Uh, they have uh, that Delta State game is going to be on Saturday. Um, I think it's 3 p.m. kick. Um, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Jackson State and Delta State, another team that had awesome opportunities last night, Southern University, McNeese State. Uh, Southern was up 21 to 10 at one point in that ball game. Um, they end up losing it, uh, 31 24. Um, Jaguar faithful, frustrated um, at, at how the team performed in the second half. You know, to go from 21-10 up um, and then getting outscored uh, in the second half. <sighs> yeah. A lot of people asking, saw some chat, say, what's going on with Southern? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. There's a lot going on with Southern. Um, discipline, number one. Uh, turnovers, number two. Uh, missed tackles, number three. Inconsistent quarterback uh, play, number four. That, there's a lot. Right? There's a lot going on with Southern. There's not one thing. Uh, but we'll see what happens with them as they open up conference play on Sunday. Uh, remember, they're going to play on Sunday um, against Mississippi Valley. That game is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I think that's going to be a 2 p.m. Uh, kick in Jackson, Mississippi. Not in uh, it'll be in Mississippi. That one's going to be in Jackson, Mississippi um, on Sunday. So we'll see what the Jaguars look like on uh, on uh, Sunday. Uh, just 
If you keep and score at home, the SWAC slate this week looks like this. Arkansas Pine Bluff will host Alcorn State on Thursday night. That's going to be a 7 30 ESPNU game. So make sure if you're not in the building, you're checking out. You're checking that one out on ESPNU. Uh, Delta State visits Jackson State on Saturday at uh, 3 p.m. Grambling and Prairie View in the State Fair Classic out in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl. That game will kick off at 5 o'clock. Tuskegee and Alabama A&M will link up in Mobile, Alabama uh, in the Gulf Coast Challenge. What's wrong, A.D. True? You think that was going to get bloody and ugly? Look, you, you know I'm a Tuskegee man. I just hope we can keep them under 50. <laughs> you, you, you know when you used to get in trouble as a kid and you do something that just went over the line? Right, <laughs> well, it, you just went over the line, and your mom say, "I'm finna get you for old and for new." Right, that's how I feel about Tuskegee going in this game. I think the Alabama and then was about to get ready to get Tuskegee for old and new. Yeah, it is. It, uh, but even even if we lose this, we still own the series like thirty seven seventeen or thirty seven twenty one, something ridiculous like that. So. We own the state of Alabama, so it's time for some people to try to catch up with us at Tuskegee. Yes, but for all those years that you beat them. And everybody coming back to get us the same time. Yeah. Um, Also, in the SWAC this week, there's another interesting matchup, A.D. Drew. We talk about coaches on the hot seat. We talk about uh, Bethune-Cookman. Goes to Montgomery, Alabama on Saturday, 6 p.m. ESPN plus kick. Bethune Cookman visits Alabama State on Saturday. Yeah. Hold up. Hold up. Charles Jemison, check that. Tuskegee has the series record over Alabama AM. I just did the research on it because I just did I just did the research on Tuskegee's 700 victories. Check the, check your research. I'm sorry, man. I had to cut that off. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, yeah, Bethune-Cookman looking for a SWAT conference win number one going to, to Montgomery, Alabama. It's Alabama State who needs a win. Needs to start off conference play 1-0. and um, C.J. Jemison said you can <laughs> right heel right Ely's eulogy. If this thing don't go right in Montgomery on Saturday, uh, look at the next few games for Alabama State. You got Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M, Jackson State, Alabama A&M. Those are the next few games. I want you to find the win in there. Tuskegee owns the record 27-23-3. Over Alabama A and M. Last meeting was twenty fourteen. A and M did win that one thirty to seventeen. I'm sorry, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, think about that one. Bethune Cookman, Alabama State. That's 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 one that people's going to sleep on. But I think that that's a key game in the East Division because if you Cookman, you lose that when you drop the zero and two. It ain't over, but 
You need a lot of stuff to go right to get back in it. Alabama State loses it, then once again, we may have a conversation Monday morning at somebody's president's office. Yep. Yeah. Or, or or people start preparing for to have the conversation because you're going to look ahead on that schedule and, 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 and look what's coming on the horizon. If you look at the horizon for Alabama, Alabama State, you got to visit Tallahassee on October the 2nd. Arkansas Pine Bluff comes to visit you on October the 9th for homecoming. Um, you visit Jackson State for their homecoming, October the 16th. Magic City Classic, October the, October the 30th. You, when you see the wins, you let me know. The wins I'm wait, are just I'm waiting on you, in. I wonder you to go through the rest of the schedule so I can see if I can find one. <laughs> if we gotta go past oh. Magic City Classic, it, 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 there's gonna be some. We know how Alabama State gets down, okay? We know yeah. how Alabama State get down. They're not afraid to pull that trigger in the middle of the year. We we we've seen it before, especially on the contract that expires in December, anyway. With the new yeah. athletic director in town. Exactly. Um, yeah. So if you're Alabama State, um, this game against Bethune-Cookman is critical. Uh, it's crucial for both teams. I, I, I would almost say this is a, a must win for both uh, teams on Saturday. Uh, Bethune-Cookman, if you lose this one, man, you can go ahead. You, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can just about hang it up. Um, you can just about hang it up because you'll start 0-2 in the conference. Uh, before we get it to October. Um, and that's 0-2 before you get to Jackson State, before you get to Florida AM. Uh, you know, before you 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 get you know to, to some other other teams on that on that schedule. Um so we we Bethune Cookman needs this one. I think the pressure is on both of these programs on Saturday. Um which is why I think this game will be close. I think this game will be close. I like Bethune Cookman to um, to get by on this one, but uh, I think it's gonna be close. Um, and our, our last conference game, I mean, our last game um, featuring a conference member, Texas Southern visits Rice, uh, and I don't even know what to call this one. O and two versus O and three. Um, it, it's like a matchup between bad and batter. You've heard of the movie Dumb and Dumber. Well, this is the <laughs> matchup between. This is the matchup between bad and batter. Um, we'll see what happened with this one. Um, speaking of conversations and presidents having conversations, how far is that one off in Houston, Texas, with Clarence McKinney? I think I don't know. I, I I think he might be safe for he'll be safe through the end of the year. Now it may be some deep thought, but I, I really think he he probably gets one more year to try to try to get this thing figured out because the the on the upside. So 
I just think he's going to get one more year. I, I I can't tell you. I can't really pinpoint why. It's, it's just a gut feeling that I have. He's going to get one more year uh, there to, to try to get it figured out. But he's got to show some promise. He's got to show a, a trend in the right direction this year. Kathy yeah. can't do another. Can't do another offer. No. And um, man, over in the MEAC, uh yesterday. Howard and Hampton. Did you watch that game? I caught I caught the highlights of that game. Howard, with the three turnovers in the third quarter, really really turned that game around for Hampton. You know, Hampton had was winning, but Hampton took control of the, the momentum in the third quarter, scored on two of those three turnovers. Howard tried to make a ball game out of it in the fourth quarter. So, you know, but Howard looking bad, man. That's the best base I could put it right now. Howard looks bad. Morgan State looks bad. Um, Delaware State looks bad. Um, when you start talking about the MEAC, it looks like it might be a three-horse race with the lead horse being South Carolina State, with South Carolina State, Norfolk State, and North Carolina Central. Because everyone else in that league right now doesn't look good. How you feeling about that one? Give me those teams again. I think it's a three-horse race, lead horse being South Carolina State. I think that your teams right behind them, you're going to have um, Norfolk State and North Carolina Central. Almost by default. That's why I had, that's why I had to give you, ask you to give me those again. Delaware State could be the one team that could sneak into that top half of the division and possibly I'm trying to see who if I put Delaware State in there who do I have to take somebody out I almost want to say Norfolk would be the team I would take out right now today what's this September 19th yeah if I put Delaware State in, I have to take Norfolk out. I thought South Carolina State would be the clear runaway in the MEAC. South Carolina State realistically could go into the MEAC play 0-5, 0-6 by the time they start conference play. Because they have a gauntlet of a schedule. South Carolina State probably has the toughest schedule, non-conference in HBCU football in general. And they may go into BAC play paying for that. If they can go into the BAC healthy, they'll be the front runner to, represent this, to be the representative in the Celebration Bowl. But do we really want to see a 5-6 a and six or a 6-5 and five 
BAC winner in the Celebration Bowl? Are people going to come to Atlanta to see that? I don't, I don't think so. Just my opinion. Yeah, it's gonna man. It's gonna be interesting, man. It's it's it, it's definitely you know interesting the way that league is playing out. Um, I, I think that you know South Carolina State had an opportunity to get a big win on yesterday um, against New Mexico State. They lost that one forty three thirty five. Um, had opportunities to win that football game, couldn't capitalize. Norfolk State just was all over Elizabeth City yesterday. Um, We'll see. Like I said, we 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 will see. Um, as we get ready to wrap up the the, the show, uh, Drew, we we talk about this. Your game of the week uh, next week. If you have one game of the week, this is the must see. What what would be that game for next week? <sighs> let me let me let me look let me let me glance at my schedules right quick. Why? Why you why you saying that? Hold up, because I had all of them pulled up here just a second ago. There it is. That's my had to go find my auditing tab on my uh, laptop, man. <laughs> game of the week. I, I, I'm gonna do it like this. I'm gonna give you one upper division game, and I'm going to give you a lower division game. Okay. In the in the upper division. I'm going to take the. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the Aggie Eagle Classic because okay. because of the, because of the rivalry in that game. Yeah, I know that UAPB Alcorn is a division game, but it's something about those rivalry games that sets those games apart from a, and the fact that they're no longer BAC rivals doesn't matter when those two teams come together. So that will be my large school game uh, of the week. One, one to keep an eye on in the Division Two ranks is going to be the Kentucky State and uh, – it was Kentucky State Savannah. No, Kentucky State Benedict. Benedict off to that – Two, great, great two and one start. They showed me something against Savannah State this past weekend, because I, I didn't give Benedict any credit for those first two wins. I mean, they defeated Everett Was, they defeated Allen. They, they, you, you really haven't shown me anything with those two wins. But the, the way they played Savannah State this past weekend, and then we all know Kentucky State doing it. I don't know what happened this past Saturday. I did not expect, first of all, I didn't expect Kentucky State to lose. But to lose by that type of score to Tennessee State was kind of kind of an anomaly to me. So I want to see if Kentucky State has that bounce back. And Benedict with that loss. Two teams coming off, off of losses. Let, let's see how they play. So those are the two games that I am going to be the most intrigued about this uh, upcoming weekend man for me i think it's going to be thursday night it's alcorn it's arkansas pine bluff um if i had a number two it would be north carolina a&t and north carolina central and if there is there's a sleeper 
out the group. It'll be Bethune-Cookman visiting Alabama State down to Montgomery. Um, I, I think that the, all of those games are key. Two of them are division uh, games uh, that's going to determine, you know, who gets to, um, you know, who, who gets to uh, the conference championship game um, as well as to Atlanta. Uh, for the Celebration Bowl. So I think that those are the, are the, the, the three games to kind of look at. Um, once, once again, appreciate everyone for tuning in. Next week, uh, next week we will go in and we will review week number four. Uh, preview week number five. We'll have some guests in next week, A.D. Drew. Hope that you, you're ready. Uh, we'll have some guesting um, next week. I will roll out that guest list to you guys by Thursday of this week on who we will have on. Um, remember, I told you we will have a marching band element. Um, so we will talk about the HBCU bands as well. I know you're a fan of that, A.D. Drew. Um, hey, we go you know, uh, have... Watching 100 all those years and then watching the uh, Crimson Pipers, you know, I, I've become a, a band geek. <laughs> all right, so uh, like I said, we're going to have some... some, some um, some 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 directors as well as some videographers on. Um, you might see a PJ Howard sighting here soon uh, from Alabama State University. Uh, shout out to PJ. Um, but yeah, man, uh, looking uh, forward to it uh, next week. Uh, next week we'll be doing the full two hours. You got nine minutes. First time we gave you sixty. This time we give you ninety. Next week, the full two-hour shebang bang. Uh, so looking forward to it. Uh, top five Tuesday be this week. It'll be interesting to see who's in the top five, who jumps up into the top five, who falls out of the top five. Um, this week, Top Five Tuesday will be released on Twitter as well as on my Facebook page. Uh, make sure that you are following uh, my Twitter, at InsideHBCUFBall. Uh, make sure that you are following us at myjbn uh, backslash my uh, bcsn. Uh, so if you miss us going live when we do this, you can catch the uh, podcast uh, YouTube myjbn one. Uh, make sure you subscribe and follow there um, as well. Um, yeah, man, looking forward to. Uh, next week, we'll have some guesting. Um, each week, you'll see the, the show kind of grow and develop. Um, shout out to A.G. Drew uh, for taking some time out to be a part of this. Shout out to my good man, Roy Evans, uh, boss man, man, making it happen behind the scenes. Um, like I say, man, you guys appreciate everyone who uh, tunes in and, and listens and, and supports us. I really appreciate you. Let me kick it over to uh, A.D. Drew for his closing remarks and we'll get up out of here. Saturday, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Make sure you tune in as we will have that uh, Tuskegee Alabama A&M game. going to be the only place that you will be able to uh, watch that in the uh, – what, what, uh, I don't forgot the name of the dog on Classic. Coming to you live from Mobile, Alabama, Lad People Stadium. So uh, the Gulf Coast sure Channel. You, uh, 
Gulf Coast Challenge. I do, I do. They had changed what they called it uh, this year, but yeah, come the Gulf Coast Challenge coming for you. That's at I believe that's at five o'clock Eastern, four o'clock Central is going to be that kickoff right here on the uh, Black College Sports Network, and we, are, you know, we'll come at you with pregame show and everything, uh, our game time show. So uh, definitely want to get you to tune into that. Make sure that you download the BCSN Pod Zone available on all everywhere you get your your podcast or Anchor, Spotify, iHeart, Apple 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 Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you get your podcast, and either sometime this evening or sometime tomorrow, this podcast will be on there. Also, for your listening pleasure while you're riding along in your car. Because we don't want you to watch us while you're riding along in your car. Just listen to us talk trash to each other. And uh, just appreciate you, BJ, for letting me uh, come along and be in, uh, just, just riding in the back seat or riding shotgun, however you want to put it, uh, for your show. Uh, appreciate you. One love, brother, always. And appreciate you being here, man. And I appreciate all you guys. Guys, make sure you support um, – Black College Sports Network, uh, bringing games to you live, Tuskegee University, uh, an amazing partnership that we have with them. Uh, so making sure you, you you go to Tiger fans if you can't get to the ball game. Uh, make sure you, you you follow us so you can keep up with your Golden Tigers. Um, Bulldogs invited to this weekend. <laughs> yeah, Bulldogs as well. Uh, so, hey, man, just make sure you go out and support, man. We appreciate uh, everyone. Uh, for your, your love and support, and we'll keep making this thing great. Uh, I'm BJ Jones, uh, signing off for week three. Uh, that's AD Drew. Uh, he's usually the man behind the scenes, but we got him in front of the camera today. Uh, we're signing out. We'll catch y'all next Sunday right here on the Black College Sports Network.